Thank you. It's good to be here tonight again. I didn't know how they were found out to go pray for the sick. Everybody come in to be prayed for. You know, I believe if you follow the leading of the Spirit, it's all right. That's the best. That's a message that never fails. Now, I was sitting in the room today after a certain minister that's just so dear to my heart, three of them, three of my real good friends. <coughs> they told me they was coming to go to lunch with me, and I thought, well, that's just fine, you know. So uh, I just eat a little bit of breakfast because I sure they was going to pay for it, you see, and I'd have a, a good full dinner. And so uh, 12 come, one come, two come, <laughs> nobody there yet. So there was police was chasing a criminal down there in the yard. So I went down to see that episode. I couldn't find Brother Jack at all. <laughs> so I come to find out the hotel man had given him the wrong number. He was ringing the wrong door all the time. <laughs> or I, I wasn't that. I let him pay for me one again though, sometimes. Him and Brother Tracy, I'm sure glad to see them and Brother Brown tonight. It just seems like we ought to go back in Arizona again. I can remember coming across the desert the other day. I told my wife back there, I said, here's where Brother Jack sat in the back of this little Chevrolet. Brother Brown, he and argued all about the, the original creation, whether it was done in six days or whether it was done in six million years. That was a good one. They get so arguing, they get out and get a handful of rocks, and one get behind one, pull them one another, and throw rocks at one another. Just arguing. They couldn't settle it that way. Say, I can outrun you. <laughs> Down the road they go to Brother Jack, a little short fellow, just as hard as he could twist, and Brother Young with them long legs. <laughs> I never lasted so much in my life. And then Brother Jack got back in the car and pulled off his shoes. Brother shared to give us a big sack of oranges, and he half cleaned them up before he got the street for us. <laughs> you know all them golden days, old. Yes, sir, they're golden days. I know it sounds jokey, funny, but it's the truth. But we, there's something about that as you get older and begins to linger on your mind. You think of those days that you wish you could live again. That's right. Our younger days. As we get old, they all become pictures. I'm so glad it was pure and holy, brotherly fellowship and love. Knowing that we're going to a land where we'll never get old. Or that great land yonder where we'll never, never grow old or never die. One of our precious brothers, so dear to us all, just crossed over in that land. Every time I come to this platform, I, I guess I'll think of Brother Lyle. I looked over last night, seen little Judy sitting over there, and my heart was just pounding. I was thinking of how she felt. I know when Dad died, how felt. we only have to go through those schools of suffering to know how the other fellow feels. I believe I'm looking at an old minister friend sitting here. I just can't call it. Is that right? You used to pray for the sick here all the time years ago. Ear holes are that... That German name. <laughs> Get it fixed up just right. Brother Tracy, I met him out there, and I've known him about ten years, and I said, you haven't aged six months in that ten years. We are living in a world that must cease someday. Now, tonight, I was had you real late last night. I'm going to try to not do that tonight. Finish my story. I was thinking about tonight preaching on a, a subject of the rapture to the church. How the conditions, as I see it in the scripture, what conditions the church will have to be in for the rapture and what will take place just before the rapture takes place and how it will take place. We all believe in the rapture, don't we? Amen. We believe in it. 
And then all at once something just said, pray for the sick tonight. And I'd just eaten dinner with a little Mexican brother there. I went out and picked him up on the street. I guess he's here tonight, he and his wife. And then someone come give me a testimony. Said it on the grounds or at the church, she said there's a man there that I believe it was about a year ago that he come into the line of discernment. And uh, I was thinking tonight of having just an old-fashioned prayer line like Brother Jack, Brother, Brother Young Brown used to give out the prayer cards for me. And I found him real honest. He'd never catch him selling a card or doing anything wrong. <laughs> but he was real straight. And uh, we have caught him trying to do that, you know. <laughs> so we, uh, Brother Young, he was right on the job all the time and faithful. And I remember he used to stand and take up the cards and bring them through the line. I'd pray for them and they'd go along. Just that unadulterated faith those people had, if they just get near you, they get healed. And I think there was 20 healings to the one, what we have now. And then... This story come in this afternoon about a man, he's probably here now, that he's in the prayer line a year ago somewhere, and, and he had said in the discernment was told that he had the mumps, and the doctors told him after the mumps fell that he could never have a girl baby, and he always wanted one. I think he had boys. But in the vision from the Lord, he told him, but you're going to have that girl baby. And uh, he said, he's got the little girl here tonight. I don't know the man might. Uh, would he be in the audience or the person that I'm speaking of or somewhere? I don't know. Somebody just told me about it outside. Oh, here's the baby hanging right back in here. Said, ah, that's fine. That's very fine. What a sweet little fellow. It wasn't so far to walk over everybody. It's a real cute little baby. I'd have her come out here and give the testimony. Maybe she will. About tomorrow sometime when we're having our services. Now, tomorrow morning is the businessman's breakfast. Have you announced it, I guess? That's, all. That's fine. And now, let's have a little, a little lesson on divine healing. How many believes in it? Amen. Oh, my. It will be a great night. <laughs> you have faith like that. People who believe it, that's what it takes. It's for the believers. Now, then I got me a pencil and begin to write down some texts and so forth. And, um, and then... Billy knocked on the door and said, Daddy? I said, wait just a little while. I haven't got it finished yet. He said, but Brother Jack's waiting on you. <laughs> so I had to come on. I stuck, didn't have no paper clip. I got one of Meadie's uh, Johnny pins or some kind of a pin here that's a called a Bobby pin. That's what it was, Bobby. It's some kind of a pin. <laughs> and uh, I don't know much about them things, you know, and I just see it laying there. Now, to make a paper clip here to separate what I was had some notes for in the morning and separate them one from the other. And as I get older, it used to be I could just remember them scriptures and things just so easy. But, you know, kind of hard to do. You find that trouble, Brother Jack? I told Brother Jack here not long ago, I said, you know, Brother Jack, I said, I'm getting so I can't remember. I said, I start to say something and I have to wait. He says, is that all the farther along you are? And I said... Well, isn't that far enough? He said, no. I said, I'll ring up somebody on the phone and say, what do you want? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you was kidding me then, Brother Jack. I found out that's pretty true. (laughs) 
Yes, sir. My, how you forget. But let us have all of our deeds done right because they're in a book, a record that's to be played at the day of the judgment. Now, we're like one big family. Now, I don't suppose we're hooked up tonight across the country as I was preaching my message last night. I think it's just maybe the local assembly here. So, um, last night, I sure appreciate your courtesy of standing. I don't try, I didn't try to take advantage of Brother Jack, but he's always told me to say what you want to. And so I just come in a platform and uh, preached a little doctrine. But uh, so just um, we, some of the, my denominational brethren uh, had a dream the other morning. I don't dream very often. I'm not a dreamer. But I, I dreamed that I seen a man, a young fellow in shackles, and he's trying to get out. And, and I said, uh, somebody told me, said, those are horrible people. Don't have nothing to do with them. And um, I seen this young fellow getting out of his shackles, so I just let him alone. I thought, I'll just see what he does. So when he got out, he was a nice fellow. I seen others trying to get out. This is only a dream. And I walked over this way, and I seen uh, a brother, Roy Borders, a very good friend of mine, lives in California. Looked like there's something wrong. His eyes is half closed and a great big, maybe cancer or something over his eyes. Now, someone's trying to pull me away from him. My scream, Brother Borders, in the name of the Lord Jesus, snap out of that. And he just barely could speak, saying, Brother Branham, it'll have to take something more than this. I just can't grasp it, Brother Branham. I just can't grasp it. I said, oh, Brother Borders, I love him. And uh, someone pulled me away, and I looked, and it was a lady standing over here that I, when I was a little boy, I had, used to uh, haul groceries from a grocery store to the people's. And her name was Mrs. Fenton. She lives in Jeffersonville. She had a personal friend, the wife and I. And she said, Brother Bram, deliver us from this. Said, this is a house of hell. And said, you've been uh, misunderstood. Uh, and said, these, and you misunderstood these people too. Said, these are fine people. But I looked over there and like a great big cellar or a big walls down beneath a great big cave and great iron bars eight or ten inches thick and people out of their mind twisted arms and legs beating their head like that and she was crying saying deliver the people brother branham said said help us we're in trouble she herself i know her she belongs to the i believe the church of christ or the christian church called church of the brethren so she um, um i looked around and i said i wished i could and going, looking around, I, my little bitty uh, body and them great big iron bars and those poor people in there, and you couldn't get to them, them iron bars were sitting close together. And I looked, and they were beating their head like they were out of their mind. I seen some lights flickering around in there, and I looked up, and there stood the Lord Jesus with the uh, uh, lights of rainbow around him. He's looking right straight to me. He said, deliver those people. And he went away. I thought, well, how could I deliver him? I haven't got strength enough in my arms to break those bars. So I said, house of hell, give away to the name of Jesus Christ. And all the creaking and popping and rocks are rolling and, and bars are falling and people running, screaming, delivered and uh, screaming at the top of their voice and was uh, all delivered. And I was screaming then, Brother Roy Borders, where are you? Where are you? God is delivering his people. Where are you, Brother Borders? I've wondered about that. You know, Brother Borders is very scared. You know the prophecy, all, many of you do, you take the tapes and so forth, about the West Coast. There's a man sitting right here tonight that was there when that happened, when we were standing there on a hunting trip, 
The minister who was listening in last night with a blinded eye. He just come up there and he said, introduced himself. He had on colored glasses up in the mountains. He said, um, Brother Branham said, I'm Brother McHugh's. He said, I, I helped sponsor one of your meetings once in California. I said, I'm glad to know you, Brother McHugh. So it was about 20 men standing there. was out haveling hog hunting. And I said, the day before going up the mountain, I said to Brother Banks Woods, all of you know him, a personal friend. I said, Brother Woods picked up a rock and threw it up in the air and it came down. I said, thus saith the Lord, something's fixing to happen. So he said, what is it, Brother Bram? I said, I don't know, but within 24 hours, you'll see something's fixing to happen. It's a great sign. And the next day, that was one late afternoon, the next day, about 10 o'clock, we were fixing to pull out. Everybody had their javelina hogs, and we were standing there, and Brother McAnilly, you know, and all of them, they were dressing them out. And, and uh, Brother Borders uh, and I and Brother Roy Roberson, a crippled veteran, a very dear, precious friend of mine, and he was standing there. And I looked up, and Brother McHugh said, uh, Brother Branham, does the angel of the Lord ever appear to you when you're on these hunting trips? I said, Brother McHugh, yes. That's right, but I come out here to kind of rest. He said, all right, Brother Bram said, I didn't mean to disturb you. I said, you didn't disturb me. And I just looked around, and I seen a doctor looking at his eye. Now, I didn't know him. He had on dark glasses, which is awful bright and sunny in Arizona. And I looked at it, and I seen a doctor tell him, say, sir, I've been doctoring that eye for years, two years, something like that said that allergy that you have in your eye, you're going to lose your eye. It's eating back into the sight, and there's no way I can stop it. And I said, what you asked me that for is because of your eye. Them sunglasses is just because you got a bad eye. He said, that's right. I said, your doctor described him. He told you a few days ago that you're going to lose that eye because uh, the allergy is eating into the sight of the eye, and he's been doctoring it for a couple of years, and he can't stop it. He said, Brother Branham, that's the truth. And I started to turn around and look, and I seen a, a woman, much older than he, kind of a dark-complected. They're originally from somewhere up here in Arkansas. And so she raised up her, her, her skirt and showed her limb to her son, and she said, Son, if you see Brother Branham, tell him to pray for my feet. And had long tumors hanging between her toes. And they, I said, Your mother's a gray-headed woman. And she raised up her skirt, pulled back her or stalking and showed you her feet and said, if you saw me, to tell you to pray for me. And he said, oh, mercy. I looked back and I see him standing there with no glasses on, vision. I said, thus saith the Lord. God heals your eye and heals your mother too. About that time, I turned around. Now there's a man sitting here with standing there. I said to Brother Roy, Border, or Brother Roy Roberson, put my hand on his shoulder for he's a veteran. I said, Brother Roy, Get under something right quick. Something's fixing to happen. He said, what do you mean, Brother Bram? I said, don't talk. Get under something quick. And I turned and picked up a shovel there by the side of the place and walked off from him because I knew it would come where I was at, right beside a great canyon, eight or ten times higher than this building. It's the Box Canyon. Like a fire come down from the heavens like a whirlwind, just a few feet above where I was standing and ripped the rocks right out of the mountain. Went out through and cut the top of the mesquite trees off for a hundred yards out. Everybody's running and trying to get under trucks and everything else. And went back up again and clapped like a great thunder. Went back up to the skies again and come down again. And done that three times. And when it was all over, they come over and asked, what did it mean? 
I said, I don't want to tell you it was a judgment sign. Within a few days, a great earthquake is going to strike on the west. And it won't stop. California, Los Angeles will sink. It's going down. Just slide right into the ocean. And two days after that, the Alaskan earthquake shook Alaska. And then the last meeting I had in California while I was speaking and didn't know nothing happened until I got out on the street, it told California, said, said, Capernaum, Capernaum, the city that's called by the name of the angels, that's Los Angeles, you've exalted yourself into heaven, but you'll be brought down into hell. For if the mighty works have been done in Sodom, that's been done in you, it would have been standing till this day. Now, the last few days, a great roaring and popping. Then here come out a paper of science said, all honeycomb, it's got to go under. Just know it. And you watch the water will come plumb back into the Salton Sea. Los Angeles is doomed for judgment. I tell you, before it happens, you might know when it does happen. I never spoke that by myself, and I've never had him to tell me one thing but what happened. You can bear a record of that. Right. When? I don't know. I went out, and they told me what I said, and I listened, went back and searched the Scripture. You know, Jesus said almost them same words about Capernaum. And Solomon and Gomorrah was, was in the bottom of the Dead Sea, I suppose, as then. And later, about a hundred years later, Capernaum slid into the sea. And it's in the sea. The same God that put Sodom in the sea for its sins, the same God that put Capernaum in the sea for its sins, the same God will put Los Angeles in the sea for its sins. That city of, of corruption... Brother Roy, Borders is scared to death. I don't know whether to, what that meant that or what, I don't know. Let us pray. Lord, it's so good to testify to real listeners. We believe, Lord. Help our unbelief. And we realize that we're going right down the road now to the end of the world. Just what time, we don't know, but that secret catching away of the bride. One of these days, Lord... We'll be, we'll be raptured, caught up with him, and we're waiting for that day. Prepare our hearts, Lord. There's many. We look laying here on these cots and stretchers, men and women who are bound by the enemy. There's people sitting out there. Perhaps if you don't touch them, they'll die with heart attacks. Maybe some of them eaten with cancer. Father, thou knows the heart of every man. You know whether it's true or not true. And we say these things because that we know what you have done. Your great power has delivered so many. We're witnesses of it, though they try to tell us that those things doesn't happen. But it does, Lord. We are witnesses. I pray tonight, Lord, that somehow you'll build faith in these people's hearts that every one of them will be delivered. All these sick and afflicted people. May it be so simple, Lord. Just let us, as we try to teach the Word, let the Holy Spirit take my mistakes, Lord, and correct them in the hearts of the people and make it a real, real night that that He can bed Himself into the heart of each believer here. We set this night for that purpose, Lord. May those who are not saved, above all things, be ready. Get ready now while the doors of mercy still open. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're going to turn to the Scriptures to start with. And in 
someone laid a, a note here on the desk and said they took up an offering for me tonight. That wasn't necessary. Don't do that. Um, I can't take it back. I remember one time in Calgary, Canada, we took up an, this offering, taking up Brother Jack was trying to tell me, my wife sitting back there, she, the children had an old two rooms we were living in, she had to put a blanket in the door to keep the, the door shut so the children wouldn't get pneumonia. And she said, he said to me, he said, Brother Bram, that's not fair to treat her that way. So you remember the case. It took up $1,000. And I said, oh, take it back, Brother Jack. He said, now how are we going to do it? So I bought the place, and it's there. So to the glory and honor of God. We kept it for a couple of years, wife and I, as a gift from the church, the people. And then I thought that doesn't sound right. I brought nothing into this world. It's certain I'll take nothing out. So I turned around and lobbed it and deeded it back over to the tabernacle that when I'm finished, uh, some other servant of God, if there is a tomorrow, will use it then. So thank you very kindly, friends. God bless you for it. Now, in James, the book of James, the second chapter, we want to read beginning at the 21st verse. And now, uh, just about a little while to teaching, and then we'll start praying for the sick just as quick as we can and get just as many people through this prayer line as we possibly can. And that's to remember also, I don't want to forget Sister Anna Jean and Brother Don and them. I think they're over in Thailand somewhere, aren't they? To, um, where? Bangkok. And, uh, and the mission fields. There's so many things you think about in the daytime you want to mention before the people. Then when you come here, you, you can't think of it. You're reading right down on that lesson. And now, James here, the second chapter, and we're going to begin with the 21st verse of the second chapter of St. James. And read a, a portion of it. The 21st verse of the second chapter. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? See thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Now, my subject tonight, and hold your Bibles now, because I've got several scriptures written down here. If we don't get too long, I'll refer to many of them. My subject is works is Faith expressed. Now remember, works is faith expressed. Works show that faith has already took a hold. Now, we choose this because we, I believe that it might help us to understand. Now listen real close and we'll go into it like a Sunday school lesson. Here James is expressing in his teaching from Genesis 22, 1 and 9, what man seen in Abraham. Let's just go back. I've got the scriptures kind of marked out here. In Genesis uh, 22nd chapter and the uh, first to the ninth verse. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac whom thou lovest, 
and get thee into the land, Mark, and offer him for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. See, he didn't even tell him which one it was. You just go ahead. When God speaks, you go on moving. See? And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled an ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place which God had told him of, told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. And Abraham said unto the young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now he had in his mind, now he's going up to kill his son. Because God told him to, but look at the scripture here. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto you, he and the lad. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife. And they both went them together. And Isaac spake to Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound his son, Isaac his son, and laid him upon the altar, upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and tucked the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thine son from me, thy only son from me. What a work. Now, we find here that James is justifying Abraham by his works. But now in Paul, in Romans, uh, the book of Romans, the eighth, the fourth chapter, for one to eight, I won't read it all, but just read part of it. And what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, is found? For if Abraham was justified, you remember we took the word last night, justified, by works he has were off to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness' sake. And to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Now, now what Paul is referring to here. It's what God's seen in Abraham. Now, that's, if, we, if we, it's not turning too much, we go back again to Genesis, the 15th chapter, and the 6th verse. 15, 6, I believe is right. We're going to the 5th. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards the heavens and tell the stars if thou art able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, the two men that were talking on faith, Paul justified Abraham by what God saw in Abraham. But James justified Abraham by what man saw in, in Abraham. See, now, 
James said he's justified by his works. Paul said he's justified by faith. But see, Abraham believed God. That's what God saw in him. He believed it. But then when he went to acting as though it was already done, that's what man saw in him. And that's the same as it is to us. Because our works express what faith we have. But if we're afraid to act on what we believe, then we do not believe it. We've got to believe it. Abraham's works was expressing his faith. He had in God's promise. Now, Abraham, remember, he was 90 years old or 100 years old. And Sarah was 90 years old. And now they were well stricken in age. Past childbearing had uh, been for many, many years. And they'd lived together as husband and wife since they were young. And no children, but yet God told him when he was 75 years old and Sarah 65, you're going to have a baby. And he believed God's promise. He believed it. Now, see, he made ready everything for this baby. See, that's what God saw when he believed God and man saw what he did to express what he believed. And that's the same thing it works tonight, the same way it is with us. It has been revealed to him. See, it had been revealed to him. So he believed it so and was acting as though it had already took place. Now, let's just stop there just a minute. Sometimes we misunderstand this. People get emotion, and they try to work on emotion. That won't work. Now, I'm like Brother Hereholzer here. We're we're old man, and we've been in this a long time, and we've seen the pros and cons and, and everything, and praying for the sick around the world and seeing the, the disappointments of people and seeing the, the uh, hallelujahs from every side. Then all this we learn by. Now, when the boys, when we started preaching this, Brother Harold, sir, like you started to swim, the first thing you know, it used to be that I'd get out and I would, um, Brother Jack, I've had Brother Brown to walk me on the street night after night to try to get myself around to myself. I'd stand there like a little kid splashing the water, seeing visions, you know, and I'd just stay there to Brother Brown. I remember one night, I never will forget it, up in San Jose or somewhere, he'd come to wake me up. I hadn't slept for several days. And I didn't know I was talking to the man, but said I told him, start crying, said I'm going home. See? Well, he said, You can't go home, there's a meeting going on down there. I said, Well, I'll be ready in a few minutes to go home. See, just beyond beside myself almost. See, I was a boy then. Like you're learning to swim. You know, you splash the water and go across the pool and <laughs> I made her. Now if you learn to swim, more graceful is the stroke, and it don't wear you out so much. That's it. You'll learn how to do it and cut every corner and make it better and at more of an ease. See, a little boy that never walked would try to walk down this aisle here. He'd fall down a dozen times and be wore out where he got there. But anyone who knows how to walk, an athlete, would walk right down that aisle and never even notice doing it. Well, he had that to start with. That's what he is now. Well, that's the same way with preaching divine healing or anything else. As you go along, you begin to learn. If you don't learn, there's something wrong. See? You've got to learn, and you've got to learn how to accept God and what it really means. We allow it sometimes to say, well, this guy didn't have enough faith, this guy didn't do this and this. There's a reason there for that. There's a reason. Sometimes it's unconfessed sin. You could pour a gallon of oil on a person and scream till you got hoarse. It would never move that devil. 
No, sir. You've got to confess that. That's what discernment does. Say, go make that right. Bring that out. But it's so slow doing that, you see. And then the rest of them get impatient. They say, oh, I never got prayed for. But we want to find a way now that what takes place, the real basic of divine healing. Now, a gift, just like I said last night, a gift is wonderful, but you can't base your eternal destination on gifts. You cannot major on a minor. And a, a gift is a minor. And Satan can impersonate any gift God's got. He can make something just exactly like it. See? Exactly. Therefore, we've got to watch that. Like sometimes I express about shouting. I've seen demons shout. Speak in tongues. I've seen demons speak in tongues. Sure. He impersonates it. It isn't a genuine, but it impersonates it, you see. Makes it look like it's real. And people sometimes who don't know the difference declare this to be real when it isn't real. And the same thing they do by divine healing. They think, well, it's a hocus pocus or something like that. It isn't. It's a genuine, unadulterated faith in what God said to be the truth. And that anchors. And when it anchors, there's nothing going to move it. It's going to stay there. And therefore, cutting these corners. Now, faith is a revelation from God. Now, faith is a revelation. Now, that's where I want to stay there just a moment. It's a revelation. He has revealed it to you by His grace. It's nothing you did. You didn't work yourself up into faith. You ever have faith that's given to you by the grace of God. Amen. And God reveals it to you. Therefore, faith is a revelation. And the whole church of God is built upon the revelation. A Baptist minister told me not long ago, he said, I just can't accept revelation. I said, then you cannot accept the Bible. You cannot accept Christ because He is the revelation of God. He's God revealed in flesh. Therefore, the whole church is built upon divine revelation. Jesus said to, uh, I believe it was Peter, said, uh, He said, Who does man say I, the Son of Man, am? He's talking to His disciples. And some said, You're Elias and Moses or one of the prophets of Jeremiah. He said, But who do you say? He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, the Roman Catholic Church says he was speaking to Peter. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. The Protestant said he's building it up on himself. Uh, they could be right. But to me, both of them's wrong. It was upon the spiritual revelation of who he was. Amen. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. But my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. And upon this rock, the revelation of who he is. Upon the revelation, he is the word in the whole. Upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. It showed the gates of hell would be against it. Able by faith, revelation. No Bible written in those days. By able by faith offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than that which came, which God testified he was righteous. How? By faith. How? By revelation. By revelation, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice because it was revealed to him that it wasn't fruits of the field. It was the blood. That's why some people can believe it and some can't believe it. Some try to make believe it. In an audience of people where a prayer line comes through, you'll find some, and they're all good people, we'll say there's some that's trying hard to believe it, trying to work themselves into it, some just can't do it at all, and others, it just by grace, it's just given to them. Now, there is the difference. See? That does it. 
That's the real revelation because faith is a revelation from God. It must be revealed first. Jesus clearly expressed this when he said, No man can come to me except my Father draws him first or reveals me to him first. You ought to read that. It's St. James or St. John six forty four into forty six. They didn't know who he was. They thought he's just an ordinary man. They thought him just to be, as people does today, some prophet. He was a prophet. He was an ordinary man. But there was more than that. It's like last night speaking. When you get the book, you're going to see maybe a little confusion there of what I said, the two books of life. It's the same book. But one of them is your natural birth. The other one is your spiritual birth. One leads out to the other. It's just like a stalk of wheat. Well, now you talk of me, you talk of me as a living person. But there's a part of me here is that person that must perish. That's the book that the name comes off of. But the eternal one, the predestinated one, the elected one, the name never can come from that because it was always on it. It can never be taken off. You'll notice it in the book, so to save your confusion. You'll find it that way because I think Brother Vale, who put the right grammar to it, reminded me of it today. I said, that's right. Baptists believe there's two separate books, and in one way it is two separate books, and in another way it isn't two separate books. I'm two separate people. I'm body and soul and spirit, three separate people, but I'm only one makes me as a being. There's only real one book of life. Like there was one germ of, of the wheat that come up through the stalk and went through the toss and out through the husk and into the wheat. All the way along, that you say, that, that's a wheat laying there. It isn't the wheat, it's a stalk, but together it's the wheat. See? It's the wheat because it's all one stalk, but the wheat is what you're talking about, the grain at the end of it. If the others was a carrier, it must perish. That's the one, one place sounds like you can have your name taken off the Lamb's Book of Life. Another place, you can't do it. So that's where it is. It's all in that great revelation there, which was made known during the time of the seven seals. Why, why some people can't believe it? Jesus said that no man can come to me except... My Father draws him first. And all that the Father has given me will come to me. No man can understand who he is or how it is except to be revealed to you by the revelation of God and then faith in that you act accordingly. See? Here we see plainly that God is revealed in Jesus and only those who were foreordained to see it will see it. Be sure to read this scripture. I omitted it then. That's St. John 6, 44 to 46. I omitted it because I thought maybe we'd uh, have a, maybe a, not enough time to go through because that clock up there just keeps moving. And so we, uh, you notice, no man, no man can come except my Father draws him first. And all the Father has given me, they will come. They'll recognize it. No other man can do it. No other person, no matter how good who you are, it's got to be revealed to you. Then you see who Jesus Christ is. Now, here, predestinated plan is in plain view. Just as other seed, the Word of God is a seed and must have the ground prepared beforehand. If you sowed seed, just throw it out there on the ground, it would do no good. The birds will pick it up. You throw it among thistles and thorns, it'll choke it out pretty soon. 
Jesus' parable said so. So the ground has to be made ready first. So God, in sovereign grace, prepares the heart first. He prepared you before the foundation of the world to receive Him in this age. He foreknew you by His foreknowledge and ordained you to eternal life. Knew you. Therefore, He prepared you. That's the reason you staggered out of these things and staggered into what you have now. It was God leading you to the place where He had ordained for you to be. It, or it, if it, this ground isn't prepared beforehand, it can't grow. That's the reason the seed of faith, when you're preaching faith, see the discernments of the Lord and see what takes place and all the gifts of the Bible working. People work themselves up. Oh, hallelujah, I believe it. They come up and find themselves disappointed. The ground has to be foreordained. And you know when it strikes it. Like my little eagle last night. He knew when he heard that scream of that mother eagle, there's a lot of difference between that and the cluck of the hen. Because he was an eagle from the egg. Not he wasn't made an eagle right then. He always was an eagle. And a Christian always was. That's the reason the divorce, when you divorced because you were trapped into it. See? By your first parent, Adam and Eve, you become a sinner by nature. You didn't want to be. But now you heard the gospel and faith cometh by hearing. Revelation comes by hearing. There is a little something inside of you. Another man sat right by you and said, Oh, I don't believe that stuff. Nonsense. I don't believe that. Nothing to that. Like the day on the day of Pentecost, the laugh and said, These men are full of new wine. Oh, it was it was a great thing to those it was happening to. Why? It was God revealing himself to the individuals. While others laughed, these were rejoicing. It was an individual revelation, which is faith. Faith it's revealed. If it wasn't faith, then it wouldn't even be there. It was faith. Just seeds has to have the ground. Prepared first. Therefore, all he foreknew, he called. All he called, all he foreknew, he predestinated. If you want to read that, Romans 8, uh, 28, 34, and also Ephesians 1, 1 to 5. See? All he foreknew, he did call. All he called, he justified. And all he justified, he has already glorified. There's nothing out of order. We think there is, but look in the Scriptures. It's just hitting exactly the way God's Word said it would. We see the messages rejected today. Isn't that just what the Scriptures said they would do? Sure. All these things are ordained of God. Oh, it should make you walk happy. That's the trouble with we today. So much difference from the Christians of old. When the real, true revelation of Jesus Christ being Emmanuel dwelt in the hearts of those men, they were rugged people. But today we're padded by denominations. Of, oh, I tell you, they ain't got the revelation. You come over here. You're depending on their revelation. If their revelation isn't according to the Word of God, then it's wrong. Mine or anybody else's. That's where the showdown comes. The Word of God tells which is right and wrong. And you see, that's to have its ground, of course. Therefore, all he foreknew. See, he already knew what was going to happen. Notice Jesus said again about the seed. Some fell on rocks, others in mixed grounds. See, over where his thorns, thistles, and everything else, he couldn't grow. And others on good ground, 
good ground, good soil, which had been prepared, already prepared. All the, the man out here, he's like a, the chicken. He's looking along, trying to find. He hits into this and he hits into that. But after a while, there comes a sudden scream from heaven. He recognizes it right quick. That's the word of God. Amen. See, he knows it because there's something in his heart that's been told to him, revealed to him about it. Notice, the prophet Isaiah said, A virgin shall conceive. What a strange thing. How a man in his right mind could say that. There's never been a virgin conceived. A virgin shall conceive. Now, he didn't worry about saying it. He just said it. How's she going to do it? Well, that's not his business. He, uh, it's just to say what God said it, it was going to do. God revealed it to him. Showed him the vision. Revealed it. And it was right. Just the same God that told me that little baby would be born by that man who couldn't have a, a child, uh, have a girl. Like others and things. How do I, it sounds strange when the doctor says it can't happen. But when God says it's going to happen... It depends on what kind of a word that falls in. Remember, the prophet stood up there and his word went forth. Like God in Genesis 1, he said, Let there be light. Let there be this. Let there be that. Create a man in his own image. The image of God created them, male and female. And there was nothing on the earth yet. Then we find out in Genesis 2, here he made man in his own image. There's no man to till the soil after the rest of creation. What was it? It's his words. He was speaking it. And when he spoke, he said, let there be light. There might have not been light for 800 years afterwards. Might not have been no light, but he said it. And as long as he said it, let there be a palm tree. Let there be an oak tree. Let there be this. Them seeds was forming down beneath that water. That's right. And in the season, in the time, in its own season, it brought forth. It can't fail. It's God's word. It just can't fail. It's been expressed. Now, one day God talked to man face to face, but in time of Moses, when the fire was falling, they said, let God, let Moses speak. Not God. We might perish. Therefore, he said, I'll not speak to him like that no more. I'll raise him up a prophet. That's the way God's system always was. Now, here's a prophet standing. Now, he's under inspiration. He isn't thinking about his intellectuals. Well, wait a minute. If I'd say that, well, you know the people that think I'm insane. See, that's his intellectual. There he's listening to Satan, just like Eve did. And as long as the doctor says that you can't live, you can't get well, you can't do this or that, as long as you listen to that, that seed will never fall in that kind of ground and do any good. It can. But when something tears all that away, and it falls in that bedded ground, there's nothing can tear it out. Amen. Now, no matter how long it takes, it's going to happen. Now, he said, a virgin shall conceive. Did you know it was 800 years before that happened? God foreknew the woman who should be, what her name was, where that seed would fall into. Do you believe that? Amen. Sure he did. And from a literal womb would come forth this great miracle. God knew about it. He just revealed it to his prophet who was faithful and spoke the word without even thinking about what it was. He just said it. He never tried to reason it out. If you kind of reason out, what if this man, this woman, or 
this man sitting here or somebody try to reason. Now, I've been crippled all these years. The doctor says there's not a possible chance. Well, it might not be as far as he knows. And that's true. But if something can tear away them weeds, if God by His grace, not the preacher, not nobody else, but God can place into your heart a revelation that I'm going to be well, there isn't nothing going to keep you sitting there. There's nothing can hold you there. You're going to be well. But until that does happen, you're going to sit right where the doctor says you're going to sit. Until that happens, it has to be revealed. It's the grace of God that reveals it. Now, notice, God knew the woman it would come to. Notice Isaiah. There was no question. Isaiah didn't say, wait a minute, Lord. Let, wait just a minute. What did you say to me? A virgin's going to conceive. Well, now, now wait, Father. There, there, there never was such a thing as that done. He didn't hesitate. He just said, a virgin shall conceive. Right? Notice Mary. Now, now, Lord, wait a minute. You know, I, I never know a man. This is impossible. Nothing like this never happened. Oh, oh, no. Nothing like this never happened. How am I going to have this baby? I don't know any man, so it can't happen. Uh, Angel, you're just mistaken. I've got an optical illusion. You know, my church says these days are gone. No, it had never fell in such a place as that. Mary never questioned. She said, how can it be? I know no man. He said, the Holy Ghost shall overshadow thee. That's how it's going to happen. She said, Behold, a hands made of the Lord. No question. See, Isaiah, when God produced the word by thought, revelation into the heart of Isaiah, it fell into the right grounds as a prophet. That prophet didn't care for any man's wisdom. He didn't care for any man's intellectual. He didn't care about the person of anybody. He was a dedicated channel to God, and God spoke, and He spoke. That's all where it hurt, where it didn't, where it sound crazy, where it didn't sound crazy. Didn't make any difference to Him. It was God, not the man. And when that word went forth, now it becomes a seed. It has to fall somewhere. If God said it, there's bound to be a womb somewhere for it to fall into. Just as He said, all things are possible to them that believe. If you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, you can have what you said. See, there's got to be somewhere that's right. Notice. Now we find that Isaiah here spoke it. The virgin Mary, as soon as the grounds was already broke up, she'd been a virgin. She hadn't run around. The grounds had been already prepared or predestinated before knowledge of God. Even said she's a virgin. Right then, God knew what her name would be. For her name is on the book of life in heaven. Then it was vindicated. Man, then to man, saw the expression of it by the works. When it was already done, now we look back and say, sure, it was done. Because we see the works that was done. Noah's works expressed to man what his faith was in God's promise. Now, God met Noah, and he said, Noah, it's going to rain. I'm going to destroy the whole earth with water. Now, it never had rain. That's the impossibility. Well, now, Noah said, prepare an ark at the dimensions that I'll tell you about. 
And him being a carpenter, and he went to work and began to take his foot ad and everything to cut the boards and fix it up there with the shit of wood and put the pitch in it, just like he said. And do you imagine what people thought about that man? They said, that man is actually crazy. Because he says it's going to bring water out of the heavens and there's no water up there. But you see, Noah didn't think about that. His works was expressing to the people what his faith was and what God said would take place. That's the reason a genuine Christian separates himself from everything but the Word of God. No matter what the people think, what anybody else says, he's separated because he isn't just saying that. If he is, it won't be long till his works will be made known. He'll fall back and slip this way and join this and this and start to show what he is. But if he's a genuine, if the Word of God has bedded into him, then it's going to bring forth its kind. You'll see that man preparing for that great hour. See, That's the way Noah did. Moses, with a stick in his hand, came to take the people from Pharaoh. Now, could you imagine Moses? The Bible said that he was taught in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was smart. He could teach their intellects things. He is taught in all their wisdom. He didn't need to catch up on his education. Now, you just think about a man out there in the wilderness with all that education, and then God appearing to him and said, Moses, take this stick in your hand and go down there to Egypt and bring my children out with this switch you got in your hand. Just lick the whole thing with this switch. Now, what if Moses had said, Sir, just a moment. I thought I was talking to an intelligent being, this great I am that you say you are. Now, how in the world would I ever take this little old crooked stick I got here in my hand and take over an army of million of men, armed with spears, fighters? And I'm not a fighter. I'm a shepherd. How can I ever do that? There was no question. Why? Why? The ground in his heart. He was a predestinated person. Gifts and callings are without repentance. God had told Abraham that he would do that. And there was the ground prepared. And Moses took this stick and went down there and took that nation out of a nation. When he came with the stick in his hand and told Pharaoh, let him go. Pharaoh seen in Moses the works. That he had faith in what he was going to do or trying to do. He had faith in the promise of the God had made the promise. He went down to take it over. No other man would have done that. And no other man could have done it. He was ordained to do it. God beforehand had told Abraham that that's just what would happen. And when the time of the promise drew nigh, there was a little boy born. A fair child. And the parents, Amram and Josebel, was not afraid of the king's commandments. See, there was something. The grounds was already prepared. Oh, God. I hope I'm speaking to ground prepared tonight. If the seed can fall in the right place. And there's going to be some. If it isn't, it won't happen. That's just same thing we say, Brother Bram. That kind of takes it away from us. If it does, it takes away from Christianity too. See? You can impersonate anything. But if it really falls in, the Word of God falls in the right kind of ground, it's going to bring forth its kind. It's got to because it's a seed. Noah, Moses, 
His works express faith in the promise of the God that he believed. Pharaoh, the man, could see what was not. He couldn't see how Moses is going to do it, but he knows Moses believed what he was talking about, or he wouldn't be standing in the palace there with a stick in his hand and said, By this stick, I'll take him out from him. An old man, 80 years old, not an athlete, an old man, stooped shoulder and whiskers hanging down to his, probably his waistline, gray hair, if he had any, and there with that stick in his hand, saying, I'm going to take him out. Let the people go. Thus saith the Lord. And if you don't do it, God's going to judge you. Amen. Why? That's, he, was he afraid? Why? Just one arrow, one spear, anything else would have ended it. He was fearless. Note exactly where he was standing. The God will smite thee, Pharaoh. Yes, sir. For God told him, you will come to this mountain again. And he knowed he was going there. Hallelujah. We know where we're going to at the end of this journey. God has promised there's a land beyond the river. Be fearless in your testimony. Amen. If it's revealed to you, you are fearless. You don't care if the whole world what they say. You're fearless when it's revealed to you that this is the truth coming from God. Then you'd be fearless. Not you can't be. David, with the shepherd slain, expressed to the whole Israelite army the faith that he had in their God. Now, there was... Goliath on the other side. And he stood out there and made his boast many times bigger than David. He had fingers 14 inches long. And he was a mammoth big fellow. The Philistine giant. And here was David, the smallest one. He was even too little to be in the army. Too much of a runt. They couldn't use him. So his brothers is out there in the army. And then Goliath is making his boast. But David, now remember, it was revealed to David. He thought, here is the armies of the living God standing in their own land. And there's a boasting, uncircumcised Philistine out there. We'll call him cancer tonight. We'll call him paralytic. Why, David was no kind of a match for him. Not with any kind of a weapon. He was no match. That man's shoulders is probably 10, 12 foot across. It's probably standing 14, 15 foot high. A spear like a weaver's needle, probably 20 foot long. The blade on it, maybe four foot across. And a little David standing there with a little piece of leather, goat skin or sheep skin, with two pieces of string tied to it. But it was revealed to him. Revelation struck him. Amen. He said, the God that took me out of the paws of the bear, that took me out of the paws of the lion, how much more will he deliver that uncircumcised Philistine to my hand? His brothers, way more able to do it, Saul head and shoulders above his army, but you see, it wasn't revealed to them. Amen. There it is. They believed it could be done. They believed that God could do it, but it wasn't revealed to them. But it was revealed to David. Now, there's a difference right there. If it's absolutely revealed to you that God is going to heal you, you're going to get it.
You're going to get, I don't care what's wrong with you, what the odds, it may be worse than David and Goliath. But if it's revealed to you, and notice, when it's revealed, David becomes fearless. He said, the day I'll cut your head off. <laughs> That's our God. By grace in that crucial moment. And decisions had to be made. That same God that produced the grace in that day and dropped that seed of faith in that little hunchback-looking boy, being in his heart, that same God in this crucial moment can take that woman from the wheelchair of that man. Yeah. Yeah. The child at her trouble. That little grain of faith is revealed to you. That I don't care how long it takes. Now, notice the giant on the other side didn't believe it. Neither will the cancer. He laughed. He said to my dog. You send that kid out here to fight me? He said, I'll pick you up on the spear and let the birds eat your flesh. Why, well, he had all the, all, everything for his side. But you see, that didn't shake David at all. Why, well, it was revealed to him. He had faith in what he was doing. He knowed he was going to do it. And he did it. It's because that it was revealed to him and he knowed where he's standing. And if God would have spoke that right down in your heart tonight and said, you're not going to be laying in that bed. You're not going to be sitting in that chair. You're going to be well. There couldn't be anything change your mind in it. But until that happens, ever preacher in the world could pray? I don't say it wouldn't help you. It would. It'd encourage you. But until that faith, see, the healing power is in you. It don't come from the preacher. It comes to you by revelation, by faith. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. My spirit, by grace, reveals this to you. And there's nothing can take it away. By faith. Revelation. Then, David, to prove his words. Now, some of them said, I know you're naughty. His brother said, you come up here to see the battle. Now you get on back where them sheep was. He said, let me speak to Saul, the general. And Saul said, now, son, I admire your courage. But you see, you're nothing but a youth, and he's a warrior from his youth. You're no match for him. He said, I was tending my father's sheep. (laughs) He could base it on something. Amen. Oh, brother, and the God that saved your soul, can he heal your body? Just the same reveal to you he's your healer as he was your Savior. But it's got to be revealed first. That's the difference. He had something to base his faith on. He said, now this never happened before, but said the same God that delivered me from the paws of the lion will deliver me from that uncircumcised Philistine. How do you know, David? I believe it. Why? It's been revealed to me. And he said, he knew what he was talking about because the giant said, I'm going to feed you to the birds. He said, I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> There's the difference. See? And he did it. Samson caught out one day off guard in a prairie and here come a thousand Philistines up on him. And he looked down on the ground and there's where a mule had died. 
and he picked up the old draw jawbone, dry as it could be, and took out after those Philistines, beating them over the head with this old dry jawbone of a mule. And as far as I know, not a tooth ever fell out of it. And then Philistine helmets was probably an inch thick because they beat one another with war clubs in those days to keep a man from beating them on the head. But he took the jawbone of that mule and beat down a thousand Philistines. And the jawbone never broke. He just kept beating him like that. As he came up, the rest of them took off for the rocks. <laughs> They're just getting away from him. Why? He believed it. Sometimes, sure, uh, I want to tell you something. Else. Work on that pulsation, that spare of a moment, like Joshua did, like Mary Magdalena. All those, just that moment when something is revealed to you, grab it. Hold to it. That spare of a moment. Yes, it was revealed to him. He went to meet these thousands of Philistines. Now, what do you think? When those Philistines said, Now, look, come in there. That little shrimp, only about four foot and a half tall to begin with, with seven little curls hanging down his back like Mama's little sissy. See? Come along there with the jawbone of a mule and look at us. What a great army we are. Isn't that ridiculous? But what was he doing? He was expressing to those Philistines what had been revealed to him by God. He grabbed the jawbone and took off because that's what he put in his hand. He put that in his hand. That's what he believed he could do it. And by doing so, he was expressing to those Philistines what God had put in his heart to do. John the Baptist expressed his faith by his works. And when he said... There stands one among you now. Just think of that. St. John, I got the script, St. John 1, 26. He said, they said, you say the Messiah's coming? Why? Well, he said, man, what's the matter with you? We've been looking for him for 4,000 years. He said, he's standing right among you now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So is he tonight. He expressed his faith by his revelation because it was revealed to him that he knew he would baptize the Messiah. He was a man 30 years old. He knew he had to be there somewhere. He never knew who he was. And there he was standing right among them. He said, There's one standing among you now who you know not. And I'm not worthy to loose the latches on his shoes, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And he's right among you now. He expressed it. His faith. Because he knowed in his day he was to see and baptize God's Messiah. So you see, the people could see the expression upon him. And the way he was preaching and the way he was acting was expressing that he had a true revelation from God. Now, to prove that it was true, walking right out of the crowd come the Messiah. Just an ordinary young man walking down through there dressed like other men. John said, Behold, there's a Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. How do you know him? He said, He that said to me in the wilderness, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending. That's the one that will baptize with the Holy Ghost. He knew him because there was supposed to be a sign about that time. Are you catching it? Amen. John knew just about the hour 
because he was a prophet. It was revealed to him. And he know it'd be about that time he'd see a sign. And when he seen that sign, he said, He's standing among you. Amen. He knew it was there. Amen. Well, I see the sign Amen. that the end time is here. Amen. I see the things that's promised for this end time message coming to pass, unfolding just exactly like the Scripture says. Amen. And I know that the time is at hand. Amen. I say that without hesitancy. I believe it's right at hand. For I see the signs that he said would happen just before that time. It's ready to happen now. John expressed his faith and what God had revealed to him. Therefore, works is faith's testimony. When they see you acting like you're healed, then they'll know you got faith that you are healed. What does testimony say? Saying this. I have it now. Because I have received God's promise. It is now working in me. I am making ready for it to happen. <laughs> See, that's what your test, your works does. Well, sure. You're some time ago, next to my last trip in Africa. I was just over there this spring, but trip before that. There's a little uh, baby. It had club feet and one foot a uh, leg shorter than the other. It never wore shoes in its life. Oh, it's the most horrible deformed. And I prayed for the baby that night. They'd watched and seen those things done. They prayed for the baby. And the next morning I went out and walked by a shoe store. And I walked in there and there was the man buying the baby a pair of shoes to wear. He believed it. <laughs> like this man over here that believed that God would give him the baby. Sure, he believed it was going to happen. Made ready for it. I'm making ready. Although no physical results seen as yet, but that didn't make a bit of difference. He believed it. Like Abraham called anything contrary as though it was not so. There. Therefore, if your intellectuals does tell you, oh, here's the stinger now. If your intellectuals does tell you that this is the truth, God is the healer of sickness, your mind can witness that that is the truth. But, if there is not the bedding ground in your heart, faith to fall in to express it, it will not happen. No, much, no matter how much this outside man can reason it with the Scriptures and say it's right, that still doesn't make it right. How many takes the tapes? Did you get my sermon out long ago? The anointed ones of the last day. Did you believe that? Amen. See, it said there will be antichrist. Antichrist would almost deceive the very elected, if possible. Can't, can't because it's impossible. They're elected. See, all right. But he said the anointed ones. See, Christ means anointed. But these were anti. They were anointed, but anti against Christ in their teaching. Now they could do anything that the rest of them could do. Now remember, you're in a cycle of threes, but you're one person, like Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Cycle of three, but one person. Three attributes of the same God. Fatherhood, three offices like. Fatherhood, Sonship, and Holy Ghost. And you are body, spirit, and soul. Now the outside body has five inlets to it. To contact your earthly home. See, taste, feel, smell, and hear. The inside, which is the spirit, it has five senses. 
conscience and love and so forth. But the inside of that, the soul has one thing. That's where you live. The Spirit can come out here and anoint you to do certain things. And you do it. But that don't mean you're saved. But think of it. Caiaphas is prophesied. Judas cast out devils. See? The Spirit anointed him. This rain falls on the just and the unjust. The weeds can rejoice with the wheat. But it's what it is at the core. That's where you can, intellectuals can accept it. Oh, sure. That looks good. I believe that. That still don't do it. No, sir. And the Spirit can actually make witness of it. And still it isn't so. Because if that soul hasn't come from God, it can make all the impersonations out here, but it cannot be real. You can act healing. You can act like you have. You can act like you receive it. Christians can act like they're Christians and act and be ever so good at it. But that don't mean they're saved. That's exactly right. The Spirit can be there. The real genuine Spirit. The Holy Spirit can anoint you. That still don't mean you're saved. It's that inside soul that never dies. It's got eternal life. It always was eternal life. It comes from God. It goes to God. It's the soul. Now, notice that. It's got to be five. F-A-I-T-H. Outside. Spirit. J-E-S-U-S. On the inside. Y-O-U. See? That's how I'm standing here looking at you. I don't know one of you. The Spirit can anoint me. Still, I don't know none of you. But when that inside of the inside breaks in, that's God. That's where the outside can reason. You take a man and say, well, you know, I, I know I'm not supposed to commit adultery, but, you know, then the Spirit tells me I shouldn't commit adultery. But you see, way down in there is still that thing in there. Amen. See, it'll kind of govern around, and, but watch it. But when it's directed from the inside, it throws all the rest of it together. That's the guidepost. That's a control tower. The inside of the inside. The soul controls the spirit. The spirit controls the body. So an outside whitewash don't make any difference. Them religious people back there, Paul called whited walls and so forth. They were outward just everywhere, but a believer. and They had prophecies among them and everything else. But the inside of the inside. The soul that disbelieveth. That's the reason I say people can jump up and down and speak in tongues. People can shout, lay hands on the sick and heal the sick and so forth by faith. All these great things there by the Spirit. Still be lost. Anointed ones. Notice, Jesus has said, Only believe, for all things are possible to them to believe. Faith and works are husband and wife. They work together. The husband works with the wife, the wife with the husband. They identify one another. Like a man says, he's married, and yet he can't produce and show that he has a wife. You doubt his claims. Man said, I'm married. Where's your wife? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Be kind of hard thing for me to believe him. I say, well, where is your wife? Well, I don't know. I ain't going to believe it. So you see, if you have what you say you have, I 
have faith. How are you going to show me you got faith? By your works. I'm married. How do I know you're married? This is my wife. There you are. I am married. This is my husband. I am healed. How do you know? My work shows my faith. See? Now, what, what you're speaking of, your faith is what God sees in you. Your works is what the other people see in you. That's the difference between James and Paul here explaining about Abraham. They never contradicted one another. They're both the same. Marriage. So is faith that doesn't produce works. Anyone has a right to doubt your testimony. Now, do you hear it before we start your prayer line? If your faith doesn't produce works with it, you can't make anyone believe that you're healed. Say, well, I don't know. See, well, yeah, sure, I got all the faith in the world. <laughs> you don't. Because if you are got faith, then works is married to faith, or husband and wife. One, one identifies the other one. Let's think of Abraham uh, for just a few minutes. Abraham got that holy union incomplete. He got the whole thing together. He called things contrary to his faith as though it was not enacted on the same principle. I can imagine after about 20 years, somebody come by and said, Father of nations, Abram, you said your name was Abraham, which means father of nations. Just how many children do you have right now, Abraham? See? That didn't stumble him a bit. The Bible said he staggered not at the word of God. See what I'm believing. He went right ahead making ready, keeping all the booties ready and the bird eye and everything. He's going to have the baby. So Even Sarah said, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have the baby, but I'll tell you the way we're going to do it. Egar now is my maid. I'm going to give her to you because polygamy was legal then. And she'll have the baby and I'll take the baby myself. But Abraham didn't believe that. No, he wouldn't do it. But Sarah was inspired to do it, so God told Abraham, go ahead and listen to her. But he said, yet, this is not what I promised you. This is not the way I promised it. Now watch. He called anything contrary. And his body then dead, and Sarah's womb the same. Now, he was an old man, 100 years old. Sarah was 90 years old. Now notice, the deadness of Sarah's womb, or the deadness of his body, wasn't even brought under consideration. Listen to this. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it was by the law, uh, was by the law, the heir faith is made void, and the promise of none effect. Because the law worketh wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Listen to this. Now, who against hope Against hope. All hopes is gone. Oh, every time I go feel a little blue, here's the chapter I turn to. Romans 4. As it is written, I have made thee a father of nations before him who he believed, even God who quickened the dead and called those things which were not as though they were. God said so. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of nations according to that which is spoken, so shall thy seed be. Now listen, 19th verse, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. 
He staggered not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, giving glory to God. At a hundred years old, look, his body now dead, his manhood, and Sarah's womb dead. He's, it wasn't even considered when it's revealed to him. That bed is not considered. Your paralytic or whatever you are, I isn't considered. The wheelchair is not under consideration. Or the little boy, maybe paralyzed, whatever it is, I don't know, it's not under consideration. Don't even consider it. But the doctor said he'll never get out of here. The doctor said she'll never come. That's not even considered. Well, look, I'm an old person. I'm getting middle-aged. I don't even consider. And we are the children of Abraham. Hallelujah! Not as Isaac was, but his royal seed through Jesus Christ by the faith that he had. Abraham's seed coming forth in the last days to shine like the stars. Abraham's children. Considered not his own body now dead, neither even considered it. It wasn't even brought into question. Whether God would do it or not. God said he would do it. Why, it was revealed to him. Is that right? When it's revealed to you. When it really something you can't make it happen. It's got to be revealed to you. Then you don't even consider anything else. How impossible it is. Don't consider what the doctor said. You don't consider what mama said. What papa said. What the preacher said. What anybody else said. You just consider what God said. He considered not his own body now dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb that wasn't even brought under consideration. Oh, my. That just shakes me. Body, dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, without even brought under consideration. No circumstances will be considered when faith finds its bedding ground. When a germ jane from a man finds the the egg and the woman, and both of them fertile, something's going to happen. Amen. Hallelujah! The doctor can say, you will not have a baby. I can prove that your, your genes are dead in your body, and her eggs will never be fertile. But let that fertile egg, let that germ twist itself to that egg one time. Watch what happens. That little boy or that little girl comes on the scene. Why? Faith has found its bedding ground. Works goes to work. Sell on top of sell. And here comes a little fellow. Amen. God have mercy upon us. Oh, God, if we were rugged Christians like we should be, if we were men and women who could take God at His word, you can't do it until it's revealed to you. I got to hurry. Notice, the holy faith of God was united with the holy works of His prophet. Remember, God's holy faith was revealed to Abraham. He received it, and by there he started with his holy works by believing the seed of promise had a place to grow. What if he said, Abraham, well, you know, Sarah, after all, it's been 25 years since God made that promise. Uh-uh. And something would happen. See? But it wouldn't. God knowed it wouldn't. What if the Virgin Mary said, well, now, wait a minute. A virgin conceived? Well, they'll throw me out of my church if I go and say such a thing as that. Now, she would have thought those thoughts if it hadn't been that prepared bedding ground. When that prophet said, a virgin shall conceive, that settled it. These signs shall follow them that believe. If a bedding ground is laying there. 
when that word drops there, it takes a hold. There's nothing can stop it. Now, quickly, while we finish. See, the seed had a place to hide. God knew it, or he'd have never give the promise to Abraham. Now, listen real close now. God knowed where that promise was going to. He never even called Abraham until he's 75 years old. But he was his predestinated servant from the beginning. So was Sarah. Notice, remember, he had no Bible to read from. He didn't have as easy as we got it today to read his word and see others who've took it. Remember, he only had it by revelation. And that's the real thing. Same as it was by Joseph in Genesis. There was no Bible. Remember, Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. None of those characters in there had any Bible to read till after Moses. Is that right? They didn't have a Bible that we got to help us along in our crippled condition. They were rugged men who was revealed to them by God and they stood right there. Nothing moved them. Now, do you think that we can still have that rugged faith? If it's revealed to you. Pardon the expression. Or the testimony at this time, just before closing. I remember up here in Twin Cities. I think Brother Brown then was with me. Now, I was taking the life of Joseph in the Bible. And I read that Bible. There was a man there was nothing against. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of them had something against them. But not Joseph. What a man. A perfect man. A perfect type of Christ. When I read that, I just got to crying one day in my little hotel room. And I went over to the closet where I had my clothes hanging, pulled the door together. I said, God, I want to thank you for a man like Joseph. A man who once lived on the earth, a, a man in flesh like I am. A man that could believe you and take your word. He was hated of his brothers. He couldn't help being spiritual. He saw visions. He could interpret dreams. All of them hated him for it. He couldn't help that. That's just what he was. See? It just wasn't to the others. They ought to have loved him. But instead of that, when he told them sometimes things against them, oh, they said, here comes that dreamer. And they hated him without a cause. I said, why did they do that? And yet that man never moved. He stayed right there. See? I said, thank you, Lord. Oh, God, thank you for such a man. Right then the Holy Spirit revealed to me. Said, you'll have a son. And you'll call his name Joseph. I got up from there and thanked the Lord. Becky sitting back there had just been born about it. She's about a year old. She was a Caesarean that runs into my wife's family to be Caesarean. Because they don't unhinge like the woman should. Your bones are solid like a man. And she had to be cut from her mother. And the doctor told me, he said, Brother Branham, don't you never have another child with this woman. said, her womb is as thin as a balloon. He said, you better let me tie those tubes. I said, no, I don't think about doing that, Doc. He said, well, you, 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 she shouldn't have another child. I said, you're going to ruin her. I said, she'll die. I said, we had an awful time there. Said you just she just did come through. And then the Lord told me I was going to have a son and his name would be called Joseph. I never scared about it. All of you, many of you remembered. I went forth announcing. I'm going to have a baby. His name's going to be Joseph. How many remembers it? Sure. All around over the country, everywhere, telling people, going to have a baby. His name's going to be Joseph. Just the same as that little boy was raised up in Finland from the dead. Brother Jack was right there. What happened? Told you two or three years before it happened. He'd be a little boy, how he'd be dressed, where he'd be laying. God said so. 
How's it going to be? I don't know. But it was revealed to me that was going to happen. It was revealed to me that I was going to Arizona and there had me seven angels. And they'd tell me and a message that I was to preach and that was the seven seals. It happened. How many remember saying that? The tapes of these before that. And it happened. Magazines, everything else took the picture of it. That light there in the air, they can't even understand it yet. There it was. I remember calling Brother Jack and asking him about that Christ being standing there. And Brother Jack said, that's in his glorified state. See, I love Brother Jack. He's one of the best theologians I know of. But I just couldn't hit this right. I was standing there, I said, Lord, how is this young man uh, here? I said, uh, it was hair like wool. And he said, he is wigged. Watching the book before it ever happened. I said that. And that day, when that happened, it went up. Then you turn that picture sideways. If you got Look Magazine or Life Magazine, turn sideways. There he is, it perfectly. Hoffman's head of Christ. Amen. Looking right down where I was standing. There it is in the magazine. How many's ever seen it? Of course, you see. There, looking right back. Proved exactly the revelation was correct. Why wigged? Why the old English judges, the Jewish judges, used to wear a, a, a wig. They do yet in England. When he's got supreme authority, he wears a wig. And that showed him standing there, wigged by angels' wings. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the supreme judge. Or none other but him. He's to look upon as Alpha and Omega. And there he was, a young man, no more than 30 years old, wearing a wig of white, showing that he was supreme God. The Father has committed all judgment into the hands of the Son. Hallelujah. The revelation is never wrong. Speak it anyhow, no matter what it sounds like. Goes right with the word. I remember four years later, my wife, we knew we was going to have a baby. Everybody said, is this Joseph coming? I said, I guess it is. I don't know. But I'm going to have Joseph. When he was born, it was Sarah. Then a man called me up and laughed in my face. He said, say, you know what? You met Josephine. The man died. <laughs> the man died. I said, sir, I said God told me I was going to have a son. And I called his name Joseph. There's three people that left a certain denomination church and come to our church and heard me saying that. When Sarah was born, they said, honey, he's a false prophet. I said, wait a minute, ladies. I never said when, neither did God say when. He told him he's going to have a, he's going to, uh, told Abraham he's going to have a Isaac, but Ishmael was born in between that time. Amen. But he didn't take it away. Amen. I said, God said I'd have a boy and they call his name Joseph. The doctor said when he come up, he said, Reverend, I'm going to tie those tubes now. I said, I, I said, don't you do it. I said, he said, well, you might get married again and have that boy. I said, I'm going to have it by her. God said so. I couldn't read it out of the Bible, but it was wrote on my heart, my revelation, my faith. God said so. They want to stagger the promise of God's unbelief. Some of them said, you meant Josephine. I said, I meant Joseph. Doctor said, she can't have another baby. I said, she will have another baby. Four years passed. Finally, she's going to be mother again. Then a woman of false prophecy Sent forth across the country, writing words, saying, Now, Medi's going to die during this time, because I was sent to lead Bill. And said that, uh, and he won't listen to me, because I'm a woman, and God's going to get even with you now by killing his wife. I said, God sent Jesus Christ to lead me. I said, I'm led by the Spirit. 
hold of the media. We had a nurse that had been healed there in the meetings. You all know Mrs. Morgan, and one of Mayo's nurses, the worst case of, well, she's on the record dead about 20 years ago of cancer, psychomas cancer in Louisville, right on the Baptist Hospital record. She's nursing in, in Jeffersonville Hospital now. She's been there for all these years because God said she'd live. And so media loved her. She said, I want Margie to come with me, Bill. I don't feel like going to the hospital. I said, don't make, we love Margie. But Margie's not our God. Margie's our sister. And I took off up to Green's Mill. She got me all tore up. Of course, I love her. And I went up to Green's Mill. And she said, Bill, you think I'm going to die? And I said, I don't know. But the baby's going to be born anyhow. You're going to have a Joseph. She said, is this him? I said, I don't know, honey. I can't say, but God said he's going to have Joseph. And we're going to have Joseph. I don't care what anything says. We're going to have Joseph. For the same God that's told me all these revelations told me that. He never failed on others and he won't fail on that. I went up to the mill to pray and started there. There stood that light hanging between two trees. He said, go back to your word, to the book. I went back to the the Bible, and while I was laying in my car, when I did the wind, it blowed it over. The word Nathan was setting to David. said, go tell my servant David. I took him from that sheep coat, from feeding those few sheep of his fathers. And I made him a great name, like the great man. Not all the, the greatest name, but just like great man. Never made him a Billy Graham, but I give him a name. You know. said, I've done that. But said, I can't let him build a temple. But his son, and this dude said, his son's, oh my, there it was. I said, Joseph, that's right. Right down the house, I went there. The little fellow, so big, she, a big old boy, she couldn't hardly walk. Going out through the field, I run through my arms and I said, "Honey, Joseph is coming. <laughs> Joseph is on his road." <laughs> Anyone knows the sincerity? You can't let the baby drop. That night, the baby dropped. The water broke. Everything else. Next morning, seven o'clock, I over to the hospital. The doctor said, "Oh, mercy goodness!" I kissed her goodbye. I said, "Honey, it won't be long. Joseph will be here." Right up the steps, she went like that on the operating table. A few minutes, the nurse come down and said, Reverend Branham? I said, yes, ma'am. said, you got a fine seven-pound, three-ounce boy. I said, Joseph, son, welcome. <laughs> yes, sir. Wow. Wow. What is it? It wasn't written in the Bible that would happen. But the same God of the Bible that revealed it to Abraham. We didn't consider the deadness of her womb, the impossibility to be that way. You don't stagger at the promise of God to unbelief, but you give praise to God. No, that's got to happen. I don't care what doctor says. Everything else will come in all kinds of way, but don't you believe it? It's a lie of the devil. Yes, sir. True. Faith goes about together with works to create the promise. Let's hurry. Just as Dr. says, yeah, Rahab the harlot. James said was justified by works. But why? Her face. She said, I hear that God is with you. She didn't want to see how Joshua wore his hair, how he wore his clothes. She said, I understand that God's with you. That's all that's necessary. She may read. Just this true vision today. I'm closing just in a moment. True vision from God today. It's a promised word for the day. Say these visions, Brother Bram. Where do you get that? People stumble at that. Did not Acts 2.17 said it shall come to pass in the last days? That your young man shall see visions, your old man shall dream dreams. Isn't that right? That's what the Bible said. All right. Now, if that's so, also look at Malachi, the fourth chapter, and find out if this isn't promised today. How can you have faith in it? The Bible said so. Now, you take Luke 17, 30 and read it. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Just like it was at Sodom. Now, look at the position of the world today. Sodomite. Look at that Billy Graham and Oral Roberts, them two witnesses down there witnessing to the denominational churches. 
One to the Methodist, Baptist, and Presbyterian. The other to the Pentecostals. This one, that one, and the other one. But remember, Abraham wasn't in Sodom. He was already called out. And there was one stayed and talked to him. And the one stayed and talked to him showed him a sign. With his back turned, he said Sarah was going to have the baby that he had waited on. Amen. With his back turned. And he called it God, Elohim. Now, that brings to pass today because we have faith and I know this is of God. is because this and other scriptures point to this hour. Revelations 10 says that in the hour of the seventh angel's message, when he begins to sound forth his message, not in the healing service, but the message that follows the healing service. Jesus went forth and preached. He said he healed the sick and everything. Oh, that young rabbi, that prophet, he's a great fellow. We want him in our church. But one day he stood up and said, I, my father, are one. Oh, they didn't want him no more then. Oh, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. He didn't explain it. He said, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Well, I imagine some doctors and nurses said, this fellow's a vampire. Trying to get a drink his blood. See, they didn't understand it. He knew it. But them disciples, they might not have been able to explain it, but they sat there and believed it anyhow. Amen. For it was revealed to them. Yes, sir. They knew it. The Scriptures had declared it. It could be asked then to me of this, if you might say, why do you have faith to believe in these visions? When, when there's so many false impersonations goes for I'm going to speak a little something strong just for a minute now. When so many false impersonations are around, remember, my brother, they are also spoken of that they should be here at this same time. Exactly. Just as it was in the times of Moses. Moses went down to perform the works of God before the people, and there was Jambres and Jambes standing there. But who was first to do it? Then these others was impersonators. Because there had to be original first for them to impersonate. If they had been the original, we're not not lost. We know where we're at. By the Scripture, by the revelation of God. That's why you can still stand. Well, this man, he sees visions and so forth. He does this and he runs around with this man's wife. He believes in, the, in three gods and all these things. That don't stagger to them. Now, here's one thing they can't impersonate, the Word. Notice, they can have all these things. They can speak in tongues. They can shout. Thanks to the Spirit. And still be devils. That's right. That's right. But this Word measures them up. That's exactly right. This Word comes to them. As Moses. And Jambres. And remember, he said, As Jambres and Jambres withstood Moses, in the last days these impersonators arise on the earth again. Did he say it? Amen. Well, we got them. Amen. Well, that didn't stagger Moses. When Moses turned around and done a miracle in the name of the Lord, and here stood these impersonators done the same thing, that didn't stop him and say, Well, I guess I better quit and go off the field. He stayed right there. For what? It was revealed to him. Hallelujah. He knowed by the word of God. He knew the word would finally catch up with him. He knew there'd come a time when the word would manifest itself and they couldn't go no further. So have I known this all these years. Right. That the time would come when any miracle, if God sends a real miracle, there's always a change in the whole system. If God sends something into the church and the old system's not changed, he sent it in vain. When a message goes forth in signs and wonders, there is a message follows that. When Jesus went forth healing the sick, then come his message. I am a father or one. I am he. See? See, they, they didn't believe that. They believed his miracles. He said, if you can't believe me, believe those miracles. For they testify to you who I am. Oh, my. Glory. 
Who was first? Moses. Then they impersonated him. But the great truth still remains the same. Between the right and wrong, they cannot accept the message. They cannot accept the message that's unadulterated from the Word of God. I don't care. Judas could have done all kinds of signs and wonders, but when he comes to receive the Holy Ghost at the day of Pentecost, he showed his colors. That devil can come right up and impersonate right to the very thing that comes to this Word, but he can't take all that Word. He can bring it all up maybe to one Word, like Eve did. The devil did Eve, but he can't cross it all because the whole thing is the body of Christ. See? Word now. Neither could, they could not, cannot take the message now. Neither could Jambus and Jambus take Moses' message. They could not do it. Their works of impersonation was made known because they could not be able to follow God's word vindicated by his anointed prophet. They could not follow Israel out. Why? They were denominational. Egyptian babies. They could not follow that word. If they did, they had to leave Egypt. And now all was good to them. And they couldn't do it. Although they could impersonate the works and do what Moses did. But their folly was made manifest when it come time to leave. Then God really poured out it on them. Same now. They might do all kind of false impersonations and things. That don't do them, but just magnify the right thing. And any believing child knows that's the truth. Here you see in plain view then the works of their folly, of their impersonation. If your, if your works is the true word and vindicated by, by your faith, it will manifest and, uh, as a promise of God in its original written word. Jesus said, if I do not the works, listen close, if I do not works, let me add this to it. That is, if I do not the works the scriptures tell you, I will do, then do that in my age. When I come, what the Messiah was supposed to do, when he comes, if the things that I do, if God doesn't vindicate that word that he said would happen, if my life doesn't make that word live just exactly what it said it would do, don't miss this. Jesus saying, you know what the Messiah is supposed to do? Then if that word that's written, and then it don't manifest itself through me, then I am not he. Then the day that I speak of is wrong. What John said about me was untrue. And then if I, not that Messiah... If those works that Messiah was supposed to do, he is to be the Lord your God shall raise up a prophet like unto me. And you haven't had a prophet for hundreds of years. And if them works that I do, that God promised, if they aren't manifested in my present life, then I am not he. But if the promised word of this age is vindicated in me, then I am he. All right. And the promise has come to you. Amen. Oh, my. Don't see how much plainer it could be. Amen. If the promise isn't. Oh, then if the promise of that day is manifested in my ministry, said Jesus, then I am he. So 
if you can't hardly believe who I am, then look at the works that's promised for this day. Amen. Look at the works that's promised. If them works isn't fulfilled, every one of them in me, then don't believe me because I've told you wrong. If you can't believe me, just look what the Bible said would happen in this day. If it isn't happening, then it isn't right. If these false things isn't here and all these other things and things are supposed to take place, if it isn't here, then I'm wrong. But if it is, Jesus said, then I'm He. Amen. 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 I am He that was promised to come. Oh, my. Same works that was promised in His day vindicated Him to be that Messiah. Don't you believe that? Well, now, brother, if the... Works of Luke, the 17th chapter in the 30th verse, the promise of Jesus Christ just before his coming that the world would turn back to Sodom and the messengers would go out and the things would be done just exactly. If that isn't taking place, then don't believe me that I've told you the truth. But if it is taking place, then believe that it's him. In that day, the Son of Man will be revealed. Amen. Amen. The Son of Man will be revealed in a body of flesh, you people, the church, just exactly like it was before the days of Sodom, a called out group away from all of them. Setting out, leaving the promise of God. Glory. Then the works that the Holy Spirit is doing today by these visions never failing, promises never failing, all the apostolic signs promised to the Bible of Malachi 4 and all the Revelation 10, 7, all of that is being fulfilled and proved by scientific every other way. And if I haven't told you the truth, these things would not happen. But if I have told you the truth, they bear record that I've told you the truth. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the manifestation of His Spirit is catching away a bride. Let that faith, revelation, fall into your heart that this is the hour. Now let us pray. Dear God, who was manifested in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ that raised up from the dead the third day according to the Scriptures and ascended on high and sent the disciples out to disciple all the world and said, These signs shall follow them that believe. God, to the Pentecostal church of this day, the restoration of the gifts May, Lord, those men, maybe some of them present here, some of them here in the tape around the world, may they realize that this is the calling out of the bride, not a Pentecostal message. The Pentecostal message was to restore the gifts back in the church. But this is the calling forth of the bride. Another message that was to come just before Sodom was to be burned. Let them understand, dear God. Faith, I believe this, because it's revealed by your Spirit through the Word of God and has been vindicated and made manifest to the whole world. 
Certainly, Lord, in the minority. Always your groups are that way. But you said, fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good will to give you the kingdom. So I pray, God, that man will look away from their intellects. Or look away from what they might think was right. And look into the Scripture. And it was spoken last night, let the people here think like the queen did in the days of the great destruction of Babylon. She said, there is a man among you named Daniel within your father's kingdom. The Pentecostal father was in his kingdom. And he is a dissolver of all doubt. And now, Lord, let the Holy Spirit that was in the Pentecostal kingdom, the kingdom that was Martin Luther's, was John Wesley's, and, and on through to John Smith and Alexander Campbell and down through the age. He's a dissolver. He dissolved the thoughts and the, the people in the days of Luther that man, the just, should live by faith. The Methodist, he dissolved all the doubts that they should, they should be sanctified. And in the days of the Pentecost, they spoke in tongues, give the manifestations of the Spirit by divine healing and so forth. It dissolved all the doubts in the Pentecostal's heart. But, oh God, they denominated. They went right back out to take man's ideas. Therefore, now when the bride is being called, as you promised to hear the Scriptures, read it before the world night after night. And we watch it with our eyes. God, may it dissolve all the doubts of the people's heart. May they flee quickly to the open sun to be ripened, to be taken into the garner, and not be left in the stalk to be burned. But may they go to the garner tonight. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you for your attention. Let God deal with your heart. We got prayer cards to give out. Now we're going to take about 20 minutes now for a prayer line. We want to line up real quick and come across the platform and pray. And now, I don't know how many cards is give out. I never even asked Billy one thing. I just said, did you give out? Go down there and give out some prayer cards. And he come back and pick his mother and I and him up. It's a while ago. Now, I... I did, uh, what, did you start with a hundred or one or one to a hundred? One to a hundred. All right. Uh, let's have a prayer card number one. If you've got it, hold up your hand so I can see. If you can't, if you can stand up. If you can't, we'll pack you. Prayer card number one. Right quick. Who has got What's what? A number one. Excuse me. A number. This lady here, you have that card? Come right here, will you, lady? A number two. Have you got it? Someone, raise your hand quick right here, lady. Come. Number three. Got a card? You got a card? Y'all don't have any cards? None of the cards? All right. You don't have to have any. Three, four, five. A, one, two, three, four, five. Let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five. A, all right. Here's it. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right. Just line up. Just start line up. Now, if you can't come, wave your hand like that so they can pack it. I've asked these people here that don't have cards. Don't have to have. I'm just asking you. Now, look, you, you crippled people here. I suppose he had to come early because I just told him early. Now, you don't have to have a card. 
If you've got that faith like I thought, see, if it's revealed to you, all right. If it isn't revealed, no matter if you'd be in a dozen prayer lines, it wouldn't help a bit. You know that? You believe that? See, I might pray I'd do all I could, get on my knees and lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, any way you wanted to, and pray until God, by, re- by grace, reveals that in your heart, and it's over, and it's done. You don't even have to be in the line or nowhere. It's done anyhow. All right? Uh, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. All right? Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Is anybody a call that's got a card and can't raise up? Raise your hand. Got a card and cannot raise up. All right. Only believe. I can play poor little Anna Jean sitting playing that all night in your left time. I want everybody real quiet and reverent if you want. Now, prayer cards, uh, 1 to 15, I believe it was. Only me. They're getting a little crowded here, so let's, let's just start. What do you say? Possible. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I right, get too many. <laughs> more we call. That's all right. Stand still just where you are. Don't know one. Just, you'll get, you get prayed for, but just, see, just wait till they call your number and then, you know, we don't have too many stand here. If the Lord should do something, you'd blind it off from the people and they can't see it, you see. God bless you. Now let's pray for these handkerchiefs while they're getting ready. Dear God, here's handkerchiefs laying here that comes from the sick and afflicted. This faith that we've just been talking about, Lord. I remember you saying in the Bible, in the book of Jude, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And from the body of the saints, they took handkerchiefs. Not because they were special people, but because they were believing people. They were a man of like passion as we are. They said Elijah was like that. And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. God, he prayed that so the people would repent. You revealed it to him to pray for them. To pray in that manner, to fulfill your word. No doubt you showed the prophet a vision. And Lord, tonight I'm praying for these people to be healed. I'm not Elijah. He was taken into heaven. But his life and spirit still lives on. So we pray, dear God, that you will honor the prayers of your people. And honor all of us now as we pray for these handkerchiefs. That when they're laid on the sick, they will recover. We realize, Father, that we're a dying generation of people. We're heading face, face with eternity. The world has gone insane. Murders, little girls being cut to pieces and ravished. The people, man, wearing their hair like women, women like man. They're just perverting. The race is dying. The world's a dying. Everything's a dying. The church is dying. Oh, God. Bring life. Bring life, O oh God. Life of faith. Reveal to these people, Lord, I can only pray and lay my hands up on them. But you're the one that can heal them. And you alone can heal them. I pray that you will, Father, to each and every one. Grant it with my hands up on them and asking with all my heart, in the name of Jesus Christ, heal these people. 
Amen. Now, is this Michael? Now, can you hear that all right? Everybody hear that? Raise up your hand. Now, somehow I know my heart going to these people here sitting here in this, this chair. Cots and stretchers. They didn't even get a prayer card. But look, brother, these people got prayer cards, but that don't mean they're going to be healed. There's people sitting out there in the audience, maybe, and uh, they, that don't mean uh, they're, they're, they're going to be healed. That, that doesn't say they will or will not be healed. That all depends on their faith in God. How many knows that to be true? That's all. This their faith in God. Well, now, how many knows that that's true? No matter how religious you are, how good or how bad you are, unless the grace of God drops that into your heart, you'll never get well. Now, how many knows that God has done it and has done it all along? Great miracles, signs, and wonders. And now you're coming tonight standing in this line. Not because you were chosen to stand in this line by God. That isn't it. You just got a prayer card. You just had to be at your procedure. It's just exactly like my honorable brother, Hereholzer here, started his ministry many years ago with faith in God, believing God, believing that God healed the sick by faith. And it never has changed. But God has added in this last day gifts, gifts that he promised. God did it, because, not because he had to, but because he promised to, and if he promised, then he has to do it, because he has to keep his word. And he promised you the same thing. That is, if you could believe, then it would happen. If you can't believe it, it just won't happen. Now, I can't make you believe, neither can you make yourself believe. God's got to give it to you. It's a gift of God to believe. Not your faith, God's faith. Your intellectual faith might believe it fine. But unless the faith of God is down in your heart, your intellectual faith can accept to do that. And just keep believing it with all your heart until God does reveal it to you. See? Just keep believing it until God does reveal it. But until He reveals it, you say, Brother Branham, what did you say there? Yes, sir. God sent a prophet up to Hezekiah and told him, You're not coming off that bed. Thus saith the Lord. You're going to die there on that bed. Is that right? Yes. But that prophet, turned, that king turned his face to the wall and he cried out in bitter tears and said, Lord, I need 15 more years. I beseech thee, Lord, to hear me. Now, the king was the greatest man in the world in politics. But the prophet was in God's sight. That was God's king, but it was God's prophet. So God revealed to the prophet to take some... Boy, uh, some you know, understand? Now, that you might understand now, because I preach the scriptures here as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. In the days that the church is being revealed, no, in the days that the Son of Man is being revealed. What is revealed? Made known. Is that right? Revealed. The days as the Son of Man is being revealed, it'll be a day like Sodom and Gomorrah. Is that right? Now, look what happened. They had two main messengers down there in Sodom and Gomorrah because there was a bunch of lukewarm Christians down there. Is that right? 
and they had two main messengers. Now listen close. Down in Sodom and Gomorrah preaching. But one of them stood out here with Abraham's group. Is that right? Now look, we have never in all the history of the church ever had a universal messenger to the church that his name ended in H-A-M to now. G-R-A-H-A-M. Which is six letters. G-R-A-H-A-M. But Abraham's name is spelled A-B-R-A-H-A-M, seven letters. See? So the universal church, being the letter of man, six man-made organizations, yet has received their messenger. We've had a Sankey, Moody, Finney, Knox, Calvin, and so forth, but never a H-A-M. Is that right? But they've got it. And he's a messenger sent from God. And he's battering them walls as hard as he can. Get out of here! Repent or perish! But remember, the elected, predestinated, foreordained covenant, Abraham and his group, got a messenger too. Watch what he did. He gave them a sign that the time was near for the far to fall. Now, that's far now we're looking for. Atomic fire. Wrath of God. Now, that messenger did something. He spoke about a woman that he had his back turned to and told her, and told her she was doubting what he was saying, told her her conditions and what was going to happen. Is that right? Did he say that the Son of Man would reveal himself in the same way in that day? Well, do you believe that's the truth? Well, here stands a woman. And in the invisible union of the church, the bride, the Christ, that messenger is here now, which is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever. Now, he only speaks to his prophets, the Bible says so. He never does anything, but first he makes it known to his prophets, Amos 3, 7. He always has done, he never changes his pattern. And the prophet can only speak if he's true what God tells him. Is that right? That's true. Now, do you believe he can tell me what's the matter with this woman before he even look at her? you believe it? Why, she's suffering with cancer. Right, it's on her breath. She's got a boy on her mind. He's suffering with a kind of a mental condition, nervous condition, complications. That's right. You believe that? That's true, isn't it? You believe now that your faith was saying that as anchored that you got it? You going to have it? Then go in the Lord Jesus will make you well. Do you believe? With all your heart? Now, do you believe without looking at this woman, the Lord Jesus can tell me what's her trouble? How many believe that? Now, you know, and I've never even... I've, only thing I just seen a skirt. I don't know if there was man or woman. But just standing there. I want her to believe. Do you believe, ladies? Here, the patient. You believe? Raise up your hand if you believe. If you believe with all your heart, you can have that baby that you're asking God for. You believe? You have faith in God? 
Now that don't heal. That just identifies. That's the works. That identifies the faith of the presence of God. His word made manifest. This woman is wanting a great thing too. That's not a baby, but she's wanting the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what do. If you'll get rid of them cigarettes, God will give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Go believe it. You believe? Have you faith in God? This man standing here is a man I've never seen in my life. I don't know him, but he's suffering with something wrong with his chest. He had a fall. He did that not long ago. He isn't from here. He comes from Arkansas. He's a preacher. Go on home and preach the gospel. I've never seen a man in his face. There's a woman standing here. I don't know the woman. Never seen her in my life. God knows her. If he can reveal what her trouble is or something about it, would you believe? All of you, this is only work identifying the faith that I had to preach what I told you about tonight. That's what God revealed, and this is the work proving it. Now, you have to have faith to get well. This woman here, I don't, I don't think I know her. I don't know her, but I know somebody she knows because I've seen ten years before me. She's suffering with a headache. Is that right, lady? You believe that God will heal you? Harry Green's sister. That's right. I never seen her in my life. That's right. I see Harry Green standing here looking at me, going like that. Right. I don't know where Harry Green's at. Do you believe? How much do you believe? If you can believe, all things are possible. If you can't believe, nothing can happen. A little lady with gray hair sitting there looking at me right here. You believe God? You believe if God can reveal to me what you're thinking about there? You got a tumor on the bread. You believe God can take it all for you? Have faith and believe. Now, what did she touch? The woman that touched the border of his garment? The Bible said, you won't get the Bible. He said he's a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Isn't that right? He said high priest and he's standing right here. That people are touching him. There's a little thin woman raised up her hand sitting right here. I've never seen her in my life. But she just sent us something. Here's what it was. She's praying to God. She has trouble in her chest. She also has a stomach trouble. God heals you if you believe it. You must believe. All things are possible to them that believe. There's a man sitting way back in the back, looking this way, about the second row coming this way, suffering with asthma. Do you believe God will heal you, sir? If you believe it, God will make you well. You can have what you ask for if you believe it. Here's a woman sitting right here, looking at me across here, red. If you believe with all your heart, do you believe it? All right. That all better trouble will leave you then if you believe it. What do you think about laying here on the top? You believe that God can heal you? If God will tell me your trouble, will you believe him? If you'll believe that cancer will leave you. 
Why don't you rise up and take your bed and go home? You believe? Do all of you believe? Well, now, what about right now? Has God got that faith in your heart? Everybody in your raise if God's got that face in your heart, let's lay your hands on one another right down along the line. Put your hands on right now, quickly, while the Holy Spirit's are moving. Put your hands on one another. The man's up, running down the line, praying for others. Let's stand to our feet and give God praise, everybody. There's no need to go anywhere. Identify Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. You, what your afflictions are, whatever it is. If you believe stand up on your feet right now and believe. Almighty God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, send forth your power to heal this group of people just now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Go with you. God bless you.